Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Brain Fart. I'm Maddie, I'm your host, and welcome back. I'm excited because today is kind of the last installment of our characters, actors, the world of Hollywood and theater and disabilities. I've kind of been doing a three-part-ish series, I guess you could say. I've been focusing on topics within this world for the past couple of solo episodes, I guess I could say. So I started off with talking about celebrities being represented in in life and media with disabilities. And the last time I talked about characters with disabilities and actors, actors playing those characters with disabilities. So that was its own section. And now this week is kind of the last... The last little episode I have about it, which I'm excited about, and that's actually characters written with disabilities and just talking about how they're written and why they're written and why they're written the way they're written and kind of the stereotypes that come with it. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that because I think representation is so important in media, but I also think that it um, is not done correctly. (laughs) For the most part, I can't I can't say that as a whole for most things, but it is there are problems. And I think I want to just point out some some observations, some things that I found really interesting while doing this research for this episode. And there were some great articles that I'll list at the end of the episode. So be sure to stick around to hear my sources because it's good stuff and people are writing really interesting articles and I am just happy to be able to regurgitate them and then offer my own opinions. I think it's very fun. So (laughs) without further ado, let's get into the episode. I was really interested in this topic because I feel like we've been talking a lot about actual real life people who have disabilities or people who don't trying to portray these people who don't have disabilities. But then I was wondering how how they're actually written. How are these people written? And people with characters with disabilities have been written about since the dawn of time. Like every I, I look at Richard III from Shakespeare, the a prime example of someone with physical disabilities. And I don't know, I think it's just really prevalent in our society in our society but in in this day and age as well as history and so I kind of wanted to delve deep into what what kind of stereotyping is going on and why why these characters are written the way they are and I just think once we learn about them and once it's kind of brought to our attentions, maybe attention, maybe we can go forth and do better and write, write better and, and bring in real, I don't know, real life experiences and things like that. Okay, so I wanted to talk about why they're written. And usually it's to be a central portion of the plot. Like the disability is typically a central focus. And that's when a lot of the stereotyping goes on. And I was reading a couple of articles that brought this to the forefront and it really made sense to me because the more you think of it, the the more it just makes sense. So I'm going to go into these pillars of characters and character types 
and kind of bring in examples and bring in examples that I found people talking about online and that I also thought of as well. So without further ado, we're going to start off with the victim. And who who is the victim? Why Why are they the victim? And honestly, it's usually to evoke sympathy. They're helpless, an object of pity. The, the writers know they will evoke something from the audience from these characters with disabilities. I mean, you look at the elephant man and um, of Mice and Men with Lenny, like two wonderful characters like in these central plots. But it's very obvious that their disability is a center of the plot and they are these victims because you as an audience member you do how can you not feel something for these people and it's a really it's a really I don't want to say easy trope because I by no means think writing is easy I have never been a very good writer I'm very good at recreating things but when it comes to creativity spouting forth from my brain it's just it's a it's a trickle it's not (laughs) it's not a waterfall of creativity coming from me so I, I by no means want to be like, oh, well, they're just taking the easy route. Like, ooh, boo-hoo, they're not doing well. When in reality, I know how difficult it is to write and do these things. But enough with these excuses. Let's just go into it. They know it's it's an easy way to evoke sympathy. It's an easy way to immediately create empathy for a character. Because you're, that's what we're trained to feel when we see people with disabilities. It's that inspiration porn. It's all of that stuff that I've talked about in the past. It's like an immediate reaction. Oh, they have a disability. I feel a certain way about that because society has told me to feel a certain way. And so writers will use this to immediately evoke something and to immediately say, hey, this is what this is about. And we are going to and we are going to focus on that immediately. I don't know how else to say that. So that's that's kind of one side of it. The other side of it is victim in a humor sense and not so much and not only in the way that it's like ha 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 we're making fun of the person with a disability cuz that's that's messed up. Um but that was like a big honestly that's a a big thing in humor. Like sometimes I'll watch YouTube videos of people and yeah, it, it can be disturbing and people think of it. And I love I love people who are like, <laughs> are like, oh, I just have like I it's shock humor. I just like have shock humor. And if you can't handle it, then like we can't be friends. And I'm like, there is a difference between shock humor and just <laughs> being a bad person. I'm sorry. Is that rude? That might be mean. But I I think there is a fine line between people being funny and then people only being an like sorry for a lack of better word but an asshole and thinking that's funny and then them saying oh that's just my humor that's just my humor and I'm like no at the end of the day if that's the way you act you're just an asshole (laughs) is that mean maybe I'm getting really intense in this episode but that's how I feel I think humor is such an incredible thing and being funny and laughing is so wonderful and jokes are so wonderful but why does it have to be at the expense of other people you know and I'm not saying I'm perfect I'm not saying that in the past I haven't made jokes at the expense of other people like obviously I'm a human and I make mistakes and I'm trying to get better but the more I grow and the more I learn I find 
other things much more funny than when they're at the expense of other people. And that's what I have to say about that. That was kind of a <laughs> crazy tangent that I just went on because I, I got really passionate about that one. But let's get back to the topic at hand. So let's... Yeah, so writers are using... They can be used for humor as well. And it's not like I said, like, let's make fun of them for their disability. But, I mean, look at Forrest Gump. There are these hilarious situations that he gets into, but it's it's because of his intellectual disability. It's because he isn't quite perceiving the world the same way we are, but we're watching him try to live in a world that is not for lack of a better phrase, suitable or putting in the effort to work with him. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but I th- I think, I hope you understand what I'm trying to get at. It's just the idea of like, let's put someone with a disability in a situation that they're not doing well with. And that will be, that'll be the humor. That's going to be what's funny about it. So I think that's another way they can be seen as a victim because we feel for the main character we love Forrest Gump like we love him he is wonderful and he's kind and he's so many things and he's a really fantastic runner but like oh look it's it's funny that he's at the president's inauguration is that what that scene is or something with the the president I don't know I haven't seen Forrest Gump for a while but that yeah that's that's the humor it's because he He's the victim of the story. Even even though he's the hero, he's also the victim. And speaking of the hero, that's our next pillar. <laughs> this when I say hero, I guess we could look at Forrest Gump as a hero, but I'm also thinking of uh, I'm thinking of like superheroes a little bit. I'll I'll get into that, but let's define the hero. So this this really ties into the disability porn. This is the people that are amazing because they can overcome their disability to become quote unquote normal or fantastic despite having this disability. And because of that, they're heroic. So this this makes disability the bad guy and something so horrible that it, it needs to be overcome in such a way like we we need to overcome it and since they're overcoming it we feel good when we see these stories because it tugs at our heartstrings to know that despite all odds they're able to rise above without realizing that they they aren't doing anything to accommodate them in the situation like these people aren't creating a society that can accommodate them so the fact that they have to rise above to match like what society is giving them and then we call that heroic is just like that's that's just bad I've talked about this before in more depth in previous episodes but it is it is something that I feel very passionate about and I never want to take away from people's accomplishments but I also don't want people to only get credit or recognition because of their disability for those accomplishments. So that's how I feel on that. But back to the like superhero aspect of it. I mean, you see you see it in them. You look at Daredevil and his his blindness. He he becomes this super with super hearing and like ability to sense because 
that's how he's overcoming his blindness. And even though he has this this disability, he is still like a kick-ass superhero. I almost said firefighter. That was not, not the word I was looking for. But he overcomes it to become the superhero. And don't get me wrong. I love Daredevil. I watched that series so many times. Like, I really liked that series. I like superheroes. I I like things. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I come on here and I'm just ragging and going on and on about certain things. But no, I, I like things. <laughs> I find joy. <laughs> um, not just anger and standing on my soapbox with my opinions. That's my opinion! Does anyone know that meme? Or that, what is it, a vine? Is that a vine or was it a, yeah, it was a vine. But uh, Okay, I'm getting way off topic. But yeah, that's my opinion. And then let's, and then as I talked about in the last episodes, those characters are usually played by non-disabled actors anyway. So that's, that's that. And let's, on in the vein of superhero, what what is the antithesis of a superhero? It is a villain. And that is kind of the last pillar I want to talk about in regards to the pillars. <laughs> How many times can I say pillars in a sentence? I don't know. The world may never know. So these villains are roles, they're people that perpetuate negative stereotypes for people with disabilities. And that, yeah, that's seen a lot. I mean, I mentioned it before earlier in this episode, but like, let's look at Richard III, even in Shakespeare's time. The idea that he was born disabled and later became a ruthless, horrible king uh, with his disability being an explanation for it all. There's, there's one line in Richard and if any of my friends who I got my master's with in classical acting are listening to this and they're like, you don't even know that line, Maddie. Um, it's basically about him coming. Oh, Jordan said this line. Jordan, who did the interview with me. If you listen to that episode, she played Richard and said this line. Um, it was something about being born with hair and teeth and nails and them being the like nursemaids being so disgusted by that because it was like this disgusting thing and him then like having to grow up um disabled which they don't I don't I actually have to go back and check this if they specifically say what the physical difference is I think everyone always makes it out to be a hunchback like a hunched back but I don't know if that's maybe I'm I'm drawing a blank if that is actually stated or if that just kind of became the image of it as time went on. Because I know now people don't always stick by that idea. Now I'm getting into should I just make this a, a classical acting Shakespeare podcast? No, there's there's plenty of those um, that are wonderful. I'm just <laughs> not to diss people who make. Shakespeare. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. Let's go. So yeah, we have Richard III. And then we're also seeing mental illness in um, movies. And that's seen as cause or motivation for illnesses. I mean, look at the Joker. And I think with that, people were praising that a lot because they're like, look what can happen if you don't have proper resources for people with mental illness or people who have mental like mental differences like oh look 
Look at what is hap- what can happen if we don't support them. And like I, I get that. I obviously absolutely agree that we need to support. <laughs> we need to offer more support to mental health and mental health care in gen. Excuse me, in general. We need to offer more help to mental health care in general. So that I get that. But also I do want to I wanted to do a little quote um, and just say I found this quote that like made sense to me. And it's just um, it's from one of the sources. I have to go look. Wow, that's that's embarrassing. But they're saying not only is mental illness not linked to violence, but as Lawrence Kuttner and Cheryl Olson point out in Grand Theft Childhood, the surprising truth about violent video games Most people who suffer from a mental illness are much more likely to be the victims of violence than the perpetuators of violence. And I think I said perpetuators. It was perpetrators. (laughs) I just read back that quote. Um, I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of the times when it comes to mental health in these shows and movies and TV shows and all of this stuff, like you think of it as them turning into the villain rather than being the victim. Um, Which I think is interesting. That was interesting to point out. And maybe I'm sure there are plenty of, of things in media that have that and that like portray that in a better light. But I think when I think of it, when it comes to my head, it's usually, hey, this is the victim or like, oh, look, look how crazy they are. Like, they're so crazy. That's why they're doing bad things, which is just awful. So that that was kind of the last pillar. So we had we had a, the victim, hero and villain. And I'm sure you're, <laughs> I'm sure you're like, Maddie, that's. That's all you that, those are all the characters in a film like everyone's <laughs> playing those parts. But no, I think I think they have um, deeper ties. And I think it's a little bit more obvious to that. OK, but what if these characters don't fall into these pillars? Then how is how is the disability being portrayed? So Lynn Roper of Sterling Media Research Institute in her article, Disability in Media, notes that wheelchairs tend to predominate since they are an iconic sign of disability. Most actors playing disabled characters are, however, not disabled. The wheelchair allows the character to be obviously disabled while it's still looking normal and does not therefore present any major challenges for audience identification. And I think that's really interesting because it's kind of true. Like when you think... Of oh we're gonna we're gonna have a disabled person in our show and they're gonna be in a wheelchair because that's that's obvious and I you know I'm an advocate for invisible illnesses because I just have them <laughs> so I am able to like speak a little bit more truthfully about that because it's close to me and close to my heart and especially someone who has gone through it where people question you and how you're feeling and what you're going through because they can't physically see it plus the idea of oh, they still need to look like we don't want to shock people too much with their disability if it's going to be a physical disability. So we're just going to put them in a wheelchair, which I hate saying just all the time because, yeah, I yeah, that's how I feel. But it's this it's this weird. This weird thing where they can obviously. Just 
just easily represent disability without really going deeper or figuring out more ways to do so just because I don't know I guess it's easier for them to do that as a creative team um and also they another thing that happens is they're portrayed as tragic or depressed they they fail to a lot of the times there's a failure to represent everyday people with disabilities so the disability is the main focus in the story and not just a part of the reality and it's easy to pity these people instead of accurately praising their accomplishments as you would anyone. Because, because when everything's so hyper-focused on the disability, then then that's all you're going to focus on. <laughs> um, and I talked about that last episode. Wait. Oh, shoot. I just lost my train of thought. Dang it. It comes and goes so quickly. Wow, it really just blanks out and I know I do this like every time but every time it's just as shocking when the rug is pulled out from underneath me okay let's let's retrace our steps so disability is the main focus in the story I wanted to talk about something that I talked about last episode but what was it hmm I couldn't tell you to be honest you're just gonna have to use your mind and maybe think of what what I was going to say and on that note <laughs> I should probably wrap this up um sorry about that that is so frustrating I you know I'm gonna be honest because sometimes I joke about it but it is truly so frustrating to be in the middle of what I wanted to talk about and then to completely forget it. And it happens so much during my day. And luckily, I have people around me a lot of the time who just like will rattle off everything we just talked about in the past like 30 seconds in hopes that I will remember. But when I'm by myself, it's nothing, baby. It's just me. So, well, that's that. I'm sure I had some brilliant point to make, as I always do. <laughs> Um, but I think, I think I'll leave it at that for today. I hope, I hope this series wasn't me just standing on a soapbox and being like, oh, well, I know everything and I'm going to tell you what I know about everything because I really want this to be a discussion and something that I'm continuing to learn about because I'm not perfect. I read a lot of these articles and learned so much and had so much brought to my mind that I wouldn't have even thought about it. So I... I want to start watching these movies with a more critical eye and not just accepting everything media represents for face value. I think that's something I really want to focus on. I would encourage you to do so and maybe not. Maybe don't. I don't know. I just think it's important that we start opening our eyes to these things and not to like destroy everything about like our past and our nostalgia and like oh I held such high esteem for this movie and now all I see is them misrepresenting disability I mean like that should be a part of your brain but I think it should be more of okay we see that and I liked that and why did I like that oh because I was told to believe this but now I can change the narrative and now we can change the narrative and we can go forward and we can make a difference and I think that's what's so important about 
all of this stuff is just making a difference, making it better because we can. Okay, wow. I said I'd get on my soapbox and then I just added another soapbox and then climbed on top of that to, to give that speech. Um, yeah, I hope I hope you like this little series. Afterward, I have a couple um, topics I want to talk about. I think in a couple weeks I'm going to ask on my Instagram what you would like to hear, if there's anything that really interests you, if it's something you want to know about me or if it's something that... You just would be interested in hearing me talk about. I don't know if those things exist for for everyone. But yeah, I think I would love to hear what you have to say. But in the meantime, I really want to I want to talk about um, partners, having a partner with a disability or an illness or anything like that. I kind of want to chat about that. Obviously, like I said, I can only come at this from my perspective, but I think it's really interesting and it's fun and that's how I feel. Yeah. So if you have anything you would like to hear about, or maybe I already asked the question. Oh my gosh. I just realized. Oh, cause I, I record these a little bit in advance just to give myself like a little bit of padding. Um, not super far, but this probably won't come out for like a month. Wow. That's so wacky. So yeah, the thing, <laughs> the Instagram post will already be out. Wow, Maddie, use your brain, girl. Get it together. Um, so yeah, if you have anything else and you're not on Instagram and you want to, you really want to hear it, you can email me at brainfartpodcast at gmail.com. If you go to brainfartpodcast.com, you can find all of my social media there. You can find all the episodes. I am still slowly but surely uploading transcripts. It is... It is taking a while, and I know this, um, but I'm really trying hard to get that done. And yeah, so if you want to find me there, do all that stuff. Oh my gosh, I, Madison, girl, I have my sources. I have my sources that I need to tell you. Why do I feel like I've just been shouting this entire episode? Maybe I have. Okay, here are the sources. They were wonderful reads. Um, I found a really big... uh, article that had a lot of um, internal sources in it. So I'll say that and those. So I found from Canada Center for Digital and Media Literacy is common portrayals of persons with disabilities. And it's kind of part of their Media Smart program. And they quote sources from the website Media and Disability, as well as articles um, titled Disability in Media by Lynn Roper of Sterling Media Research Institute. I quoted her directly in this podcast. Um, A Feminist Perspective by Jenny Morris. And then I also quoted Grand Theft Childhood, The Surprising Truth About Violent Video Games by Lawrence Kuttner and Cheryl Olson. Olson? Olson. Uh, Yeah, so that's, those were really interesting reads. And I, if you want to look them up, go for it. Give them that support. Uh, yeah, and there's plenty of resources out there. Go find it. Go read it. It's it's fun and it's interesting, especially something with media because it's it's such a big part of our lives. And uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with that. I'm excited about these interviews coming up. I think. Let me see if I have it. Yeah, last episode was an interview with my friend Sarah and we talk about mental health actually and it was a very insightful episode I really enjoyed it she's a very close friend of mine so if you haven't listened to that check it out as well as all the other podcasts episodes if you want if you have cool let's let's sign off have a great whatever time it is wherever you are and I will talk to you in two weeks bye
That was kind of wet. 